Hello and welcome to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, the African Perspective and broadcasting live from Johannesburg in South Africa. You can find us on the Southern African DSTV OWK's Channel 802 and stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. On this show, we talk about science and technology stories in relation to Africa. We talk about what's happening in the world of social media and mobile technology in relation to Africa. My name is Tabisolo Hoko. You are tuned into Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, the African perspective. Welcome to the show. Today, we are looking at ITU Telecom World, an annual exhibition and forum organized by the ITU for government and industry leaders to explore challenges, partnerships, solutions, and identify investment opportunities. And in the second story, we'll look at how vulnerable is South Africa to cyber attacks from a mobility perspective. And the new Samsung TV range QLED that is recently launched in South Africa. And for more on this, stay tuned to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Like our Facebook page, Channel Africa. And do follow us on Twitter at ScienceTech underscore one and engage with us and comment on the program. This will mark the first time that the United Nations event dubbed as the most prestigious gathering in global telecommunications will be held in Africa since its inception in 1971. The ITU Telecom World is an annual exhibition and forum organized by the ITU for government and industry leaders to explore challenges, partnerships, solutions and identify investment opportunities and best practices for socio-economic development through information and communication technologies. The theme for this year is innovation for a smarter digital development. Ntanta Masangu speaks to Siabonga Tswele, Minister for Telecommunications and Postal Services on the upcoming ITU Telecom World 2018. Uh, this is a very important global conference. As you know, ITU is a UN specialized agency for the ICTs. Uh, and uh, because it's the first time we're holding this conference in Africa or even the Southern Hemisphere. And they were excited because we're holding it on the centenary year of our former president, Nelson Mandela, who had an honor of being invited to come and address this uh, conference in 1995 in Geneva. So now, now that we are celebrating a centenary, how good it is that it is held in this country of birth. So we are very excited. It will be bringing about 7,000 participants from governments, from the industry, to come and uh, and the regulators to look at the new forms of regulation as we fall, face this new thing called the fourth industrial revolution which is about simple the new form of production where we're using artificial intelligence robotics and the new materials so we're very excited uh, that uh, the industry will be looking at all these things they'll be looking at the new networks they'll be looking at the uh, which are called 5g networks 
they'll be looking at new methods of production. That's why it's not just about telecom companies. Uh, even the companies, the banking sector will be there because we are talking about blockchain technologies, which we are currently testing with the uh, South African Reserve Bank, and how these platforms are going to facilitate trade uh, in the future. So those are the technical things which will be there and we showcasing our own because we're also still experimenting these uh, uh, new networks. We're using our companies and our regulators giving the spectrum for that uh, so that by 2020 we start rolling out these things without delay. We're also looking at uh, showcasing that uh, South Africa is a place for investment. We want investment in the ICT sector to support the fourth industrial revolution. We want data centers. We want innovation centers. I'm very happy that some of the companies already have putting those things here in South Africa because that's the next layer. We start from networks to come from these uh, uh, data centers which are critical, the internet service uh, exchange points, and so on. Those are the things which are critical for the future. But also, the, we are busy rolling out these networks, like fi uh, fiber networks, to support this 5G technology because it's going to rely on a place to download this thing, which is reliable, like fiber network, to being extended to rural areas, like in Bentley, for instance, project which is being run by government at the moment. So those are the things, but we want to leave legacy uh, so that it doesn't become just a conference for the higher people there. We want our small businesses, particularly, to have some benefit, exposure, and showcase their, their methods of productions and the innovations. Uh, we'll be supporting some as a country. We are taking 50 with the, some of our sponsors to go and participate there. But at a global level, there'll be other SMMEs coming in. I'm very pleased that last year when we had this Congress uh, uh, this telecom world in South Korea, in Busan. Uh, one of our young innovators uh, in the mining sector used data analytics, received the highest award, a global award for this type of innovation where he was using this data analytics to ensure that we improve mining safety. As you know now, we've got this so many mining accidents to our mining country. Uh, others were demonstrating how we use this technology for agricultural production, which is critical for a continent like Africa and our food security. So those are the legacy things we are looking at, that uh, there'll be this fourth industrial revolution center here in South Africa, but you're supporting the whole African continent, uh, not just all. It'd be based here at CSIR with the support of and funding of the ITU, with the support and funding of the World Economic Forum. Just a few months ago, the Professor Klaus announced here that they'll support these centers. We've been engaging them since June, and they've agreed to support this center because it is important that as we go to these technologies, we don't just copy what others are doing. We develop relevant technologies and we do testing and conformance standard testing for our own technologies so that we can protect our IPs. So those are the exciting projects for me and uh, that uh, there'll be quite an extensive engagement from the 10th to the 13th of, of uh, September in Devon ICC.
You mentioned, Minister, that this is the first time that this Congress is Mm. being hosted in Africa, Mm. particularly in South Africa, where we are. But how will it benefit the rest of the continent? The the continent will benefit because, as I said, uh, our our governments from Africa and the African Union, they are very excited about this because it's in line with our Agenda 2063, which is the development agenda for Africa. Uh, They'll be demonstrating what they are doing because there's a lot of innovation in Africa, but also they'll be showcasing the possibility for investment, for global companies to invest in these uh, African countries. So those are the key things. Uh, As I've said also, we'll be showcasing these uh, capabilities of the African continent, because if you're looking at, everyone agrees now, the next growth area after Asia is going to be Africa so that the early takers then will really benefit, will be showcasing them. We are working very closely with the ICT ministers for Africa. They are very excited. They are, almost all of them have confirmed their, confirmed their attendance. They'll be buying stand and showcasing what they are doing in their own country, but also attracting investment. Uh, that's what is key to us. Now, this being a multi-sector event, you mentioned that the banking sector will be there, government will be there, civil society mm. will be there. I'm interested to know that people in deep rural areas where these great inventions come from, how, how much access will they have to this particular event? Will they have access and how should they go about doing that if they want to be part of this big conference that South Africa is hosting? Yes, there, there are two elements to it. Uh, like I said, there are these legacy projects like in Bentley Project where government is investing in Impenda to start bringing high-tech communication technologies in those areas. Uh, so it's quite a, an important thing for us. Uh, still in KZN, uh, last year we informed that people were losing cars and uh, crime there, cars were being stolen, they couldn't be tracked. Now we've worked with our companies to put in the internet networks there so that we can track the cars with trackers because trackers use uh, communication. Uh, so those are the some of the things. But the key element is to continue the our program of free Wi-Fi, working our local municipalities so that people can have access uh, uh, to, 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 to the modern technologies. But the, the other element, uh, in Devon, for instance, uh, in the Dubai Trade Port, we're gonna be refurb- with the proceeds from this thing. We're gonna be refurbishing that hub there, so that small people from all over Guazulu Natal can go there and get support in their technology. Here in Tuane, we'll be working with the Innovation Centre to help small businesses to actually grow because they are very critical for job creation which is a major, major challenge in our country to create employment and grow the economy. So those are the things we're excited about. And uh, But uh, we need to involve our people. We're very happy that some of the big sponsors have sponsored these small companies to go and participate there uh, uh, in, in this conference. As I've said, uh, one of our small SME got a global award. Uh, it may be another country this year, but uh, to have these youngsters who currently have to take their gadgets and testing to America, to have an opportunity to test those things in their country, so it means we can protect their intellectual property. 
instead of going for them to go to China, they can have a center here. Instead of uh, people from Kenya running all over, they can come to South Africa and do testing for their and get support for their innovation development. So those are the things and partnerships with our university and African universities. That's what is going to be key to make sure that our ordinary people, they are not left behind in these technologies. Of course, uh, for the rural areas, the key element, because they are still at the foundation phase where we are still talking about networks, uh, is to continue to extend. We have started extending these South Africa Connect networks through <coughs> uh, these eight districts. And as we get more money, we'll expand to all the districts so that all our government offices are connected to high-speed Internet. If we can connect government offices like schools, and uh, police stations which are closer to people it means then people can tap from that to their business it'll be much cheaper for them than bringing them on their own these expensive networks Uh, it means entrepreneurs in those localities they can also tap it in just an example in uh, last year we launched uh, he was a deputy president now now he's the president of the country in or tambo we're using a, a project for 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 broadband, but we're using SMMEs to build that that network, and they were able to charge people almost half the price of data than what you get now from the from the shops, but on a commercial basis. Uh, so they were still able to make profit, but bring the prices almost by half. So those are the things which we really want to encourage. We want to train the internet local ones, internet service providers, to provide these services because they tend to produce those services at a lower cost and to still make profits but without charging us an arm and a leg. Of course, we are still dealing with this uh, high price of data in Africa and South Africa. It it is inhibiting. Uh, that's why as African ministers we've in- agreed that let's try and reduce some of these cross-border costs, like roaming costs, for instance. They are very high. If you can just roam like home in Africa, would we'll bring the cost of that are quite significant for our people. But also domestically, we are looking at mechanism to bring this cost of data affordable. Uh, to me, it don't. That it's not just about poor people. Even the companies are worried about the cost of data. When we're having a web meeting here, the CEO of Volkswagen said they want to produce autonomous cars. But if the cost of data is still high, they are not going to bring those uh, production here. So to us, it is in our interest that this data comes down so that we can have new investment. We can have those cars produced here in South Africa and be able to export them in other countries. So it is a very important project. And that's why Cabinet last week, Cabinet Lehutla said, yes, let the CASA do its work and let the competition do its work, but let's look at other extra measures we can do to bring the cost of data down in South Africa. We are talking the fourth industrial revolution and we cannot talk about it and not mention digital migration. Where are we as a country? How far have we progressed when it comes to attaining that and moving towards that? Yes. Uh, as you know, we're working closely with the Minister of Communication, Ms. Novula Nokonyane, 
It's a government intention. We also discussed it in the recent Hula that we must expedite this program so that we migrate by end of next year. Uh, we can't keep on shifting and changing the deadline because uh, is when we have got the, that digital migration, we can get good quality pictures. We can use our content. Uh, even in our local areas for production, we'll have multiple channels uh, for, for if they say, SABC can have even double their channels or triple or quadruple their channels. So it is important uh, even for economies, for the local people, because they can use their own local content and creativity to put uh, into these digital platforms. Uh, whether is it radio or television, it is very important that we migrate because we also need the spectrum, which is needed by the, the telco companies to improve their networks. So those are the key elements we are working with. We had a challenge last year where there were court challenges. Now those court challenges are resolved where the producers, the current producers of these boxes were charging us an arm and a leg. Now the courts have ruled on those. Uh, would be allowing more producers for these gadgets so that we can bring the price down uh, to produce these things even for the general public, those who can afford to buy them and come and support those who need assistance from government, poor families with those. Some of these gadgets are lying in our post office, post offices, because there's a distribution, that's where you make your application. We encourage our citizens, go to your local post office, even if you are in the rural area. Just come with your ID. We don't need your TV license anymore. Make an application. Once the application is approved, they'll send you an SMS, and you'll come and collect your gadget. They'll come and install it for you. So those are the things so that we can move these things out of our warehouses, those who already produce. Uh, we got more than half a million who are lying in our post offices, warehouses at the moment. So those are the things we're encouraging. We'll continue to produce more boxes. Uh, those who can afford to buy them, let them buy them. But those who are poor, we're going to continue to support the South African government. That was Sia Bongakwele, Minister for Telecommunications and Postal Services, speaking to Ntantamathagu on Channel Africa about the ITU Telecom World, which is an annual exhibition and forum organized by the ITU for government and industry leaders to explore challenges, partnerships, solutions, and identify investment opportunities and best practices for socioeconomic development through information and communication technologies. Checkpoint researchers have discovered a vulnerability in WhatsApp that allows a threat actor to intercept and manipulate messages sent by those in a group or private conversation. Attackers can put themselves in a position of immense power to not only steer potential evidence in their favor, but also create and spread misinformation. WhatsApp encrypts every message, picture, call, video, or any other type of content you send so that the recipient can see it. What's more, not even WhatsApp can view those messages. This encryption processes a court checkpoint's attention and then decided to try to reverse WhatsApp 
algorithm to decrypt the data. After decrypting the WhatsApp communication, they found that WhatsApp is using the Protobuf2 protocol for its communication. Now, to tell us more about this, here's Checkpoint spokesperson Obed Vanunu and speaks to the producer, Paseka Makafool. So cybercrime and cyber attacks are activity that's made today by very sophisticated organizations that operate around the world. And the main goal is to distribute malicious content and, uh, that will uh, eventually attack the consumers and uh, can get uh, many uh, items that they would like to achieve. First of all, the, uh, the cybercrime uh, main objective is to uh, get money or what we call to cash out as soon as possible while infecting other uh, people. This is their agenda. To do so, they are looking for technologies that are being used day, day by day by users around the world. For example, mobile, for example, cameras, computers, uh, cars, um, everything that is connected online. And this allows them to what we call to enter into the asset of the users following the technology connection. So we can, we can look on it uh, uh, as from uh, 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 when we talk about uh, not cybercrime, about crime in general, so usually uh, the crime uh, goal is to um, get other assets, okay? So they're doing it by breaking facilities, breaking house, breaking into others' assets and facilities to steal whatever they decided that it's worth for them to steal. So when um, the Internet was become very, very huge, then the internet allowed the cyber crime to raise and use the technology as a way for them to achieve their goals following the infrastructure that we use on a daily basis. For example, I know that users are um, browsing into a, a Channel Africa website, for example. And if this is something that is interested and, and this is something that uh, cybercrime would like to uh, uh, infect the users that are visiting this website, so they will attack this website and plant some kind of malicious code that will be downloaded into the users while they are browsing into Channel Africa website. This is just example. So once users are, are uh, browsing into the website, and if there is a vulnerability on the website that's being exploited by the cybercrime, so the malicious content will be downloaded into, into the users, and then the cybercrime has ability to penetrate into the user's computers and then move on to other assets that they would like. So. This is general the cybercrime goals. Please share with the listeners what draws cybercriminals to mobile devices specifically. Um, it's a very good question. Mobile devices are huge spectrum and huge infrastructures that everyone has a mobile device today. This is like if you have for the cybercrime, if they are able to 
exploit any vulnerability on a mobile device. So it means that they are getting mass of infected users. And once they are getting mass of infected users, this is exactly uh, the way that they would like to start and get money as soon as possible. For example, they can use the mobile device to, uh, 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 to plant a malware or virus that will um, uh, steal your uh, bank uh, authentication details and this will allow them then go offline and connect to the bank by your name and then they can do whatever they want with the bank. They can steal some personal information on the mobile and they can request a ransom from the user in order to get the information back. They can steal, for example, Gmail account and use it for other perspective or other action by the cybercrime to infect other people. So they have many, many goals and we are talking about market of billions of dollars revenue in the cybercrime in general. So the mobile, the mobility is essential and very critical path for the cybercrime to achieve their goals. Everyone is there, everyone is connected, everyone seeing everything on the mobile, and this is an easy way for them to launch their malicious activity. U.S. Checkpoint, what has been your observations yes. in terms of WhatsApp vulnerability? Okay. So following our uh, research, uh, we found out that uh, there is very easy way to manipulate any messages on WhatsApp infrastructure. So why it's a big deal? We need to understand that WhatsApp infrastructure is serving 56 billion messages per day globally. We need to understand that WhatsApp has more than 1.5 billion active users and it has one more than 1 billion active groups. This is more than just application. This is infrastructure that the consumers are rely on it, rely on the integrity for it. So once we understand that there is very easy way to manipulate the messages to fake the sender and to fake anyone that you want on the infrastructure, then we decided that this is something that we need to discuss and share the awareness on it. In addition, in the last year, there were many incidents around the world of distributing fake news uh, uh, following or, or uh, via uh, WhatsApp infrastructure. For example, even in, in South uh, Africa, there were uh, fake news about hurricane that is coming to hit uh, Cape Town, as, as far as I remember. And following this fake news, um, there were um, hundreds or thousands of calls into the disaster center, okay? And, uh, and and it's like being holding the disaster center was like dealing with the fake news instead of dealing with real calls that have real needs. In addition, in India and in Brazil, there were unfortunately some casualties following fake news that were distributed and was causing of killing of people. We know that WhatsApp and social media is a valid evidence today in court. So this is something that we had to talk about it and to share with the consumer because this is a big thing 
that we believe uh, that is happening. And, and that were uh, our observations following the research. Can you share with the listeners how can consumers prevent falling victims to this vulnerability and misinformation? We need to um, understand that currently uh, uh, the vulnerabilities or the, um, the issue that we uh, uncover, the manipulation of the messages, is still, at, it's still something that exists on the infrastructure. So our best feedback or the best tip for the consumers is that you are getting hundreds of messages every day. Some of them are very dramatic. Some of them are not. Please think 10 times before you are taking any action for a dramatic message because we know that this application can be manipulated. So we are calling for the consumer to take responsibility and not to take severe action following a message that might be a fake news. It's all a matter of awareness. Don't trust every message that you are getting on WhatsApp. Ask yourself a question if this could be a fake or this could be not a fake. Just make sure that you are aware that this could happen on the infrastructure that you are using. Lastly, can you share with the listeners how vulnerable is South Africa to cyber attacks from mobility point of view? South Africa, as far as we see, as far as the statistic that we see, is uh, not the uh, the main targeted country for cyber activity. It's like cyber activity, we must understand, has no clear geographical borders. The cyber activity is launched from many locations around the world and it's based on vulnerabilities. It's based on users that are browsing to some infection points. So meaning that there is, we don't see any specific activity that is targeting South Africa uh, um, consumers or people. But we see that uh, uh, people from South Africa have been victim for cybercrime that happening around the world. And as I explained before, people from 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 everywhere in the world, including South Africa, they are all the time uh, uh, browsing into uh, and going into different places around the world because this is the technology. The technology is something that is has no borders. You are browsing everywhere. You are using application that the technologies uh, and the server behind the technology is located on different uh, uh, geolocations. So, so it means that we don't see currently South Africa as being specific targeted but we see that uh, people from south africa have been infected as part of global campaigns that was a checkpoints uh, spokesperson Abed vanunu speaking there to paseka makafula think about those times you just couldn't see the tv screen Sometimes there's just too much sunlight in the room, sometimes not enough. New 2018 QLED TVs puts those annoyances in the past with deeper and darker blacks that highlight every single detail. Now, it doesn't matter how much light there is in the room. Samsung QLED TV that does it all in three simple words. Unraveled viewing experience. Endless style with no distractions. Pure entertainment for your eyes. But to hear more about the new range, here is Justin Hume, Samsung spokesperson, who speaks to producer Paseka Makafula. Uh, so we're very proud to, to announce the 2018 range of uh, QLED TVs. And I think we've 
taken the view that Samsung is, is all about innovating and not complicating. So we've focused on removing more of the bezel, you know, the border around the uh, around the screen. We've focused in terms of removing the cables that would traditionally, you know, uh, run down your wall and into the back of the TV. You know, how do we clean up that that environment? And we've focused on providing a picture quality unlike any other. And that's what we believe we've delivered with the uh, 2018 edition of uh, QLED TV. And um, we really have sought to brought or to bring at least. Uh, a product for everyone to to the market. So we we focused on making sure that we've got really all the screen sizes that uh, one could want, from a 55 inch all the way up to an 82 inch product. Justin, for the sake of the listeners, can you share with the listeners what is QLED? So QLED uh, relates back to the Q stands for our quantum dot technology. So these are on um, nanoparticles that. Uh, basically control the amount of light that the TV emits. It's uh, firstly a very durable product uh, so, and almost similar strength to, to diamond quality. So um, certainly you've got a, a high level of quality and um, longevity in the product. But um, the, the quantum dots, depending on the, the actual size, determine the light that is emitted. Uh, and in terms of the reds and the blues. And because we can control each particle of light individually, we're able to make sure that certain parts of the screen that are meant to be a deep uh, black can come through in that regard. And other parts of the screen that are meant to be uh, you know, bright uh, could be emitting something you know, like a bright yellow or a red, whatever it might be. So your contrast ratio uh, becomes extraordinary. And be- again, because of that technology, we're able to deliver what we talk about being 100% color volume. So if we look at the spectrum of light and the spectrum of colors that we receive, we're able to bring over a billion different colors uh, onto your television set. And really what all that means is that you just get the most incredible, perfect picture, uh, the best possible picture on the market today. Justin, uh, gone are those days that uh, huddling around a small dark screen surrounded by clutter. Tell us about the contrast and the HDR of the QLED TV. So again, really what we're looking to achieve there, uh, we, first of all, we use a technology called HDR10+, uh, which is uh, really what the, the major studios uh, around the world are now focusing on. And that, uh, what it, and as well as with uh, anti-reflective glare technology um, and a number of um, other light array patterns that we have on board the TV set. Again, the entire purpose of all those technologies is to simply ensure that we have a richer color being displayed to you and being able to manage contrast ratios in different parts of screen. So normally what you would find on a television set is that there might be some blending of contrast or blending of color uh, between different parts of the, of the screen. So you would get some fuzziness, some lack of sharpness in the, in the image. We're able to, again, because of the quantum dot technology, control each and every aspect of that, uh, that picture. So you get, uh, again, I have to reiterate, the, simply the best picture on, on the market. If one wants to have the TV on their household, should they go to Samsung Electronics South Africa? All right. So, firstly, it's um, available through most um, national retailers of of all uh, premium uh, television sets. It's also available in Samsung brand store environments. And should uh, anybody be looking to find uh, where that location is, uh, simply pop onto Samsung.com, our website, and we're able to direct it to your nearest uh, uh, point of purchase.
Any message that you love to share with the listeners uh, regarding the TV QLED? Yes, uh, I think there's two things that uh, are, are quite unique and, and stand out. Uh, firstly, we've uh, you know, we've, we've noticed a huge consumer trend where often the TV is switched off and it sits in a lounge and it's simply a dead space effectively, uh, that, that large screen. So we've introduced something called ambient mode and what that allows us to do is if we if we take a picture of the wall behind the TV set uh, using our mobile phone, we're able to uh, send that image to, to the screen, the screen that actually builds that image uh, frame by frame and uh, allows the TV to blend in seamlessly to the uh, background environment. So again, we're trying to take away the, the clutter of, uh, of the television set. The other and probably very important point is that we have our one invisible cable. So what we did on uh, our previous iterations of the QLED TVs, we had one cable, we simplified one cable for the optics, and there was one cable for power. We've now got all of these uh, into one single cable that is nearly invisible. So in the past, where you were very reliant upon if you mounted your television screen, you know, to put it where the builder of your home intended it to be, or uh, you know, where you could have some trunking or the like to remove cable clutter, you're now able to literally pick and choose where you want to place the screen and uh, run this almost invisible cable uh, through through the lounge environment. So uh, again, we've taken away everything that could distract from watching. Uh, that perfect picture. That was uh, now Justin Hume, Samsung spokesperson, speaking there to our very own producer, the man behind the script, Pasagama Kafool. My name is Tabisolo Hoku. You are listening to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, the African perspective, a broadcasting live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. And don't forget that you can find us on the Southern African DSTV ODBK's Channel 802. Like our page on Facebook, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter at ScienceTech underscore one, and do comment on our show. Recapping today's show, we looked at ITU Telecom World, an annual exhibition and forum organized by the ITU for government and industry leaders to explore challenges, partnerships, solutions, and identify investment opportunities. And in the second story, we looked at how vulnerable is South Africa to cyber attacks from a mobility perspective. And lastly, we looked at the new Samsung TV range, QLED, that's recently launched in South Africa. And that's all the time we have for you on the program. Should you have any comments on our show, you can email the producer. It's at makafulaps at sabc.co.za. Like our page on Facebook and our Twitter handle is at uh, sciencetech underscore one. And comment on our program so we can become one with you. Remember, we're also on the Southern Africa DSTV ODBK's channel 802. Stream us live www.channelafrica.co.za Thanks for joining us and thanks to Socially Africa producer Paseka Makafula, our technical producer Ravelino Ibrahim. I am Tabi Solohoko. Stay tuned to Channel Africa from an African perspective. We always say goodbye.